going to be reading from 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting in verse 8. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son." And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. And I am reading from Luke 1, 26 to 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you've found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This has been a wonderful night already of just worshiping God and remembering uh, the wonderful gospel of our salvation, the fact that God became one of us, that we could hold him in our hands. It's hard to believe, but back when, when Jesus was born, the, the, the creator of the universe spoke, the same one that spoke the universe into being, spoke as a baby through just the cries that we're so familiar with. Just little gurgles and cries and hunger pains and so on. The, the creator of the world. It's a, par a paradox that we will never fully understand. And at, at Christmas, we celebrate the birth of God in human form. And we know that, that God was born so that He could save us. And He saves us by living a life without sin. All of us have sinned. Jesus didn't sin. He grew up into a man, never sinned, never had one rebellious thought or feeling against God or against a brother or sister or fellow man or fellow woman. He lived a perfectly righteous life, and yet we killed Him. Because he was perfect. He carried our sin in his body and died on a cross and was buried. 
And our sin, if we give it to Him, was buried with Him. And on the third day, He came back to life. His body, the very same body that was nailed to the cross, came out of the grave. And He still lives as a man today in that body, glorified. And He's coming back. At Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation, the birth of God as one of us. But more than that, we celebrate the fulfillment of promises that God had made to His people. You see, God promised a king. God promised to send His people, His nation, a king. And by extension, God promised all of the nations and all people in all languages, in all tribes, in all nations, in all times, a king. God promised a king to us. And so he sent the king to us. God made a promise a thousand years before Jesus was born. That's 3,000 years ago for us. And he made this promise to a man by the name of David. And David was the king of Israel at the time. And as we heard in our scripture reading, God came to David. David had wanted to build a temple for God. And God says, no, you're not going to build me a temple. I'm going to do something for you. There's nothing, David, that you can do for me. So I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to build you a house. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring your son into the world after you've long since died and been buried. I'm going to do something through your family. I'm going to bring your son into the world. And he will build a house for my name. And he will be a great king. And I will establish his kingdom forever. And he will sit on your throne, David, forever. And his kingdom will be an eternal kingdom. And that kingdom will have no end. Now, if you're living at the time of David, none of this makes sense. How can someone sit on my throne forever and ever without end? And then 2,000 years ago, this is 1,000 years after God made the promise to David. And just note that. God takes his time. He makes a promise and then keeps his promise a thousand years later. He sends into the world through the line of David, a son for David. And this is God himself in human form. And and we heard what, what the angel Gabriel in our scripture reading said to Mary. You're going to be with child. And the son born to you is going to be called the son of God. And he will save his people from their sin. And he will sit on the throne of David, his father. And God will establish for him an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And he will reign forever. I think sometimes we skip over that part, the David part. We know about God coming into the world if we've been in the church. We know about him carrying our our sins in his body to the cross. We know about his death. Hopefully, we've heard about his resurrection. And I would be very encouraged if there's someone here who hasn't heard of that, and I want you to hear it today. Jesus came back to life, and if we believe in him, we will come back to life. We will come out of the grave with him to reign with him when he comes back as king. But if you were Mary 2,000 years ago, and an angel came to you, and you heard what the angel said, what would you hear the angel saying? You wouldn't know much about all of that. In fact, Simeon some days later would warn her that a sword would pierce her heart. But if you're Mary, you're thinking about something totally different because you're steeped in the Hebrew Bible. 
you're steeped in the old covenant prophets and you remember a promise that God made a thousand years ago. And even though it's been almost 600 years since there's been a, a king on the throne of David, you remember the promise that God had made. And I just want to show you three parallels between the promise that God made to David 3,000 years ago and the promise that God through the angel Gabriel made to Mary 2,000 years ago. Look at how similar these are. God said to David 3,000 years ago, I will raise up your offspring after you. You're going to die, David, but the time will come, the day will come when I will bring a son into the world for you. Now look at what the angel said to Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. This is a son of Mary, but more than that, because of her marriage to Joseph, it's a son of David. Second thing that God promised to Mary, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And God is talking about this promised king who will reign over an eternal kingdom on the throne of David forever. He's going to be my son, and I will be his father. And the angel Gabriel said to Mary, he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. Third thing that God promised to David 3,000 years ago. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now listen to what the angel Gabriel said to Mary a thousand years later. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. If you're Mary, you don't know much about the cross yet. She'll walk through that. But what you hear is that God is keeping his promises to send a king into the world, to save Israel and to save the nations, to reign in justice and righteousness. Mary heard that her son, miraculously conceived, was the promised son of David. God keeps his word. When God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. She heard the promise of a king, a Davidic king, who would reign over, and this is the part I want us to really think about as we close this, this time of teaching and preaching. This king, if you're Mary, is going to reign over a real kingdom. Not an ethereal, abstract kingdom that is somewhere out there that you can't touch. A bricks and mortar kingdom. If you're Mary, what you hear is that a son of David has been born to reign over Judah and Israel, that God was going to reestablish the nation. And if you're Mary, because you're steeped in the old covenant prophets, you know that the king of the Jews is the king of the world. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of the Davidic king that God promised 1,000 years earlier. This king, King Jesus, that's what Jesus Christ means. Christ is a Greek word. The Hebrew word is Messiah, and the English word is king. This king, King Jesus, Jesus Christ, 
He does reign from heaven today. And if you want to think of, of his kingdom this way, his kingdom right now is in heaven. And every local church is an embassy. We are in an embassy of King Jesus and the kingdom of God. And we are not in our native soil. We're aliens and exiles in this land. But we represent the king here in this embassy. And every local church is an embassy. And we are all ambassadors to take the good news that there is a king in heaven. And part of our message is that the king is coming back. The king is coming back. And the day is coming when the king will return to the earth. And he will set up a real physical kingdom in the world. Have you thought of that? This is not just some abstract ethereal kingdom. It's a real bricks and mortar kingdom. And we're told that we're going to live in a real physical, I would say a super physical, a glorified physical world forever. Because God is, is about redeeming the creation that we've spoiled. He's not going to throw it away. He's coming to take it back. And when he comes to take it back, he's going to set up his capital in Jerusalem and King Jesus is going to reign from that spot forever and ever. That's the only way to understand the promise that God made to David. He will sit on the throne of David forever over a kingdom that will be established forever. Therefore, at Christmas, we remind ourselves that we are living in the very middle of the story. So easy for us to think that the story's over. I mean, this is an ancient book. And so we think, well, this has happened. It's happened. It's over. Jesus was born. He died. He paid for my sin. He was resurrected in glory. And that's it. That's awesome. Like, that is really good news. And I'm not saying that we don't focus on that and celebrate that, but that's not the end of the story. The end of the story, if you get to the end, is that the king comes back. And he sets up a kingdom for us. And there's no sin. And there's no suffering. And there's no death. There's no pain. There's no broken marriages. There's no cancer. There's no debt. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no tears. It's perfect. And he will make sure that it remains perfect forever. Because that's the kind of king that he is. We are in the middle of this story. He came the first time to purchase us with his own blood for that kingdom. And he's only staying away to give us maximum time to be saved. But the day will come when that period of grace comes to an end and the king comes back. And we're raised from the dead. And we live with him in a perfect world forever. This Christmas, put yourself in the middle of this gospel story. There is no story like it. And the amazing thing, it's true. It's happened, it's happening, and it will happen. Are you ready to meet the king. If you've never given your life to Christ, if this is brand new information, I'm so glad that you're here. After the service come, the elders will be at the front. We'd love to talk about this, pray with you. Uh, it's not, you know, sometimes you might hear of an altar call. It's not that. Just come forward at your own will. 
at your own time. We'll be here. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you. I don't know what everyone's been going through, but life is hard and painful. Praise God we've got a king on the throne in heaven. Praise God that that king is coming, coming for us. Let's pray. Oh God, I thank you for your plan of redemption that you've come to redeem, to, to buy back, to save, to recreate all that we've spoiled with our sin. This Christmas, help us to put ourselves in the middle of what you're doing. This story's not over. We're in the middle of it. We're part of it. We're characters in the play. And it's all real. So God, as we glorify you in song, as we pray to you and read the Christmas story over the next number of days, refresh us in the gospel and show us the bigness of what you're doing. And pray this in Jesus Christ. Amen.